float with Henry Morgan. Just when Dolores believes that her plans are bound to succeed, fate in the form of Colonel Atterbury strikes at her. From what he tells of the real Antoinette de Lacy, Morgan and Sir Thomas believe her to be an imposter. As they are preparing to unmask her, she overhears them, and taking a horse and light carriage, flees into the grey light of an early dawn. Seeing her escape confirms all the men's suspicions, and they set off in pursuit. Morgan catches up with the carriage eventually, only to find it empty. Dolores had dismounted at an unknown spot and had sent the horse and carriage on. Returning, Sir Thomas calls out the militia to hunt for her. Then Morgan remembers her friendship with Geoffrey Hunter and thinks perhaps she might have gone to his ship, the Flying Gull. Go to your ship, the Flying Gull? Why, Captain Morgan, would she do that? That would be the very worst place for her to go. It would be from now on. But remember, she has a good start on us. This man, Hunter, who is he? He's a member of my crew, a fine type of man. He formed an attachment for this woman. Then, of course, we believed it to be Antoinette de Lacy. <laughs> you can see now why she was so interested in Hunter. She hoped to pump him, get all the information she could from him. Do you think she might have been successful? I don't know. I'm only certain that Hunter wouldn't willingly betray a trust. When a woman makes up a mind to wheedle something out of a man, she usually gets it without him realizing that she's doing it. And do you think she might have gone to this man, Hunter? Because of the attachment between them, she's most probably asked him to help her. Well, it seems an obvious thing for her to do if she has no other friends to help her or that she can trust on the island. But if Hunter did that, he'd, he'd be helping a spy. But he's a man and she is a woman. And that makes the difference. Captain Morgan has made the only suggestion as to where we can start to look for this woman. I think we'd better act upon it. Well, we're a fair distance away from the port and she's a long way ahead of us. Let's go right away and not give her any more start. And so Dolores at this moment seems to have escaped the wrath of the three men. But what of Kitty and how she fared? It is now long past the hour that Diaz told Dolores he would kidnap Kitty and regain possession of the Aztec necklet. And so we must put back the clock, go beyond these few hours of daylight into that time when the stars were beginning to dim and the black curtain of the dark was starting in the east to have thrown against it the pale shadows of approaching dawn. The Dolphin Tavern is now almost empty. Those who remain are incapable of arousing themselves from their drunken stupor. Limply they sprawl across the tables, bodies inert and heavy. Filth and stains and broken glass litter the floor. The lamps, black with smoke, still flicker a gutted light from their untrimmed wicks. Sordidness and depravity on every hand. But tonight, Kitty has not been conscious of these surroundings, as though in the world and yet not part of it. As though her mind were divided from her body, she's gone about her tasks like a puppet, pulled by wires, laughed and talked, bantered without knowing it, as a doll who has no soul or mind, just sawdust and clockwork inside. She'd gone to her quarters and removed the necklet, as bidden by Dietz, and then returned to her duties. Greedy and curious were the eyes that followed her, yet no one dared to touch upon the subject of the necklet. These men had been schooled in life's hardest way, what a word spoken out of turn could meet a knife between the ribs. So each man kept his counsel and his thoughts. Now the night is over. Though indescribably fatigued, Kitty begins to feel the numbness leave her mind. The power for thought and realization is returning. Horror once again clutches at her heart. Horror and fear. What did that woman mean? And who is she? But that wonderment is only a small portion of the mind. It is the horror of that which he has done to Geoffrey Hunter which floods all else out. 
and brings that ache of despair and remorse. She knows to where he is going, his death, torturous and slow. Men never come back alive from the swamps. And she, she alone has sent him there because she loves him. Love? What kind of love is that? Mean, jealous, hateful love, the love of a base, degraded woman. What have I done? What have I done and why? Oh, he was right. How could a treacherous creature like me ever win his love? But what is done is done. A spoken word cannot be recalled, nor a spit arrow, nor a jealous action. With a quick shake of her head as though to ward off these despairing thoughts, Kitty, with effort, takes herself to her humble quarters. Everything is quiet. Very quiet. But what was that Jeffrey said as they took him away? Quickly, her mind seizes on that half-thought, drags it forth into her consciousness until it is clear like a beacon on a rocky shore. He said, if I could, if I could find room in my heart for regret, get a message to Captain Morgan. Like a shaft of sunlight breaking through a thundercloud, hope for a chance of redemption is born in a hut. Weariness drops from her. Her mind is clear. Captain Morgan must know what is happening. If necessary, he will raise the jail to set him free. And the necklet. Of course, the necklet. I'll return it to him. He'll see that Diaz is punished, and, and he'll set Jeffrey free. I know he'll set him free. I know he will. With feverish hands, she unearths the necklet from the place it is hidden and looks at it as it lies in her hand. This bauble she once wanted, was willing to pay any price for it, but now it is worth less to her than the dust upon the floor. Snatching a shawl, she throws it about her shoulders and turns to rush from the room. Then her eyes open wide in terror. A hand flies to her mouth. For standing in the doorway... Diaz! Diaz! Diaz stands, says nothing, and in the half-light of dawn his eyes gleam coldly with the light of triumph. The certainty of the grim sneer which wrinkles over his corner of his lips strikes a new terror in Kitty's heart. The snake's gaze holds a bird, so does Diaz hold Kitty's eyes in his gaze. With an effort she makes her eyes drop and see that he's holding within his hands a coil of thin rope. The certainty of disaster, the futility of escape floods over her. She wants to open her throat and scream, but, but no sound will come. Quietly, she edges backwards. And slowly, slowly, he comes forward. Diaz. Diaz. What are you doing here? What are you going to do? Slowly, he comes towards her. Never before has Diaz seen Kitty afraid. Always she'd been so sure of herself, but now, now here's the master. And the feeling of power thunders in his head. It forms as a red mist before his eyes. The desire to hold this beautiful creature, to have her entirely at his mercy, is overwhelming. And all this kid can read in his face. Hard up against the wall, she stands, cornered like an animal of the forest. And nearer, nearer comes the beast. Then suddenly he springs. The rope drops to the floor as he puts forth his hands to grab her. Cruel hands which dig deep into her flesh. Too terrified to struggle, she lies helpless in his arms. Then the feeling of bruising flesh tells her that he's forcing open her hand. The hand which opens the necklet. Relaxing, she lets it drop to the floor. And in doing so, the will to fight returns to her. Fiercely, she struggles with him. Scratching, fighting, kicking, but she can't break his iron grip. With horror, she feels one hand creep up and around her throat. Tighter becomes the pressure. The room swims before her. Her heart echoes its pounding. Her eyes seem to burst from her head. 
Everything seems to go further and further away. Until everything is gone. Feeling her go limp, Diaz releases his pressure and lets her fall to the floor. Quickly, he feels a hut. She lives. He takes the rope and binds her wrists and ankles. He pockets the Aztec necklace and then quickly swings that unconscious body over his shoulder. Cautiously, he makes his way through the Dolphin Tavern. He goes out into the street. All is quiet. Port Royal still sleeps. A closed-in carriage stands across the road. Opening the door, he tips the unconscious girl inside. And then... And then he stares in amazement. Why? Demaris! Demaris, what is this? You're here in this carriage. What are you doing here? What, what does it mean? Don't ask me any questions now, dear. There is no time for me to answer them. You heard what I said. What does it all mean? What has gone wrong with our plan? Something has gone wrong, I know. Has Captain Morgan discovered the truth about the Aztec necklace? Now tell me. Does he know that we took it? No. No, dear. Don't be a fool. It isn't that. I will tell you later on all about it. Ah, you have the woman, Kitty. Good. And you have the Aztec necklace back? Yes, I have it here, Dolores. I told you you had nothing to worry about. Now, will you not tell me just what you're doing here in this carriage? Why are you not back at Sir Thomas Moffat's house where you should be? Dolores, will you tell me what has gone wrong? Oh, it is nothing, dear. Nothing at all that you need worry about. Now, will you get up there on the box and drive? No, Dolores, I will not. Not until you tell me everything that has happened. Oh, very well, but I will have to tell you quickly. Someone has discovered that I am not the real Antoinette Lacy. Fortunately, I overheard them talking and quickly made my escape. I made my escape in a carriage. I gave myself extra time by dismounting and then whipping up the horse and sending it along on its own. They did not realize that I had got out. They will waste a lot of precious time when they all go chasing an empty carriage. <laughs> and then I thought, what shall I do? Suddenly it came to me. I remembered that you, Diaz, had work to do here at the Dolphin Tavern at dawn. So I thought best to come here to you. Oh, what can we do? What can we do now? That means that the whole island will be out searching for you, Dolores. Oh, can we do? What can we do? I must think. You'll never be able to escape them. Oh, yes, Diaz, I will. I am full of resources. There are several days that we have to put in before the ship calls for me from Cuba to take me off this island. Those days, the arts will be spent in hiding with this woman and this friend of yours, this, this kitty. And now, the arts, you are going to drive me to your hiding place. Kitty has been taken. Dolores, it seems, has escaped. What will happen when Captain Morgan returns to his ship, the Flying Gull, and finds that the Aztec necklet is gone and that Jeffrey Hunter is missing? Will he believe that Jeffrey Hunter has taken the necklet and made his escape with it? Be sure to listen to the next exciting episode of Afloat with Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan.